This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here, and welcome again to another edition of a Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. We got new mic stands. Robin, what do you think? They're about as deluxe as we, you could possibly imagine. I have so much range, I could put this anywhere, and we're going <laughs> to so be good to go. This is how we tell one guy on the YouTube comments say, you got to <laughs> fix your mic problems. And I go, what do you mean mic problems? we got the best mics you can have for a studio. He didn't like our stand. So I went back, took your challenge. We invested in even better stands we had before. So no longer will you get that awkward mic angle and let your imagination go where you want on Robin's face that we had before. We've got more of a uh, universal mic angle going here today for you, Robin. That's a pretty good request. I'm just jumping to somebody's request. I have yeah. some requests, too. Yeah, don't, don't challenge Sean. Hey, I brought you lunch for the second meeting in a row. Second meeting in a row. But What is that exactly that I just ate? Hot Italian beef sandwich. It is really good, too. I mean, it is re- that is the best sandwich I've had in a long time, and I'm not even I'm not joking around here. Got the recipe from TikTok. All the ingredients. You get a lot from TikTok. All the ingredients. <laughs> all the ing- he sends me a lot from TikTok. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. Well, let's right. skip back in. Um, Joe Rogan. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. Lots going on, as you know, and, and, and no doubt opening headline of the week. Um, Dylan Riola commits to Georgia. And, I mean, it just had the feel like this is one of those things that you, you knew was coming. It was a matter of when. It was a matter of could Nebraska stay in this fight another round? I mean, the fight kind of kept going another round, another round. Could they get it into June, maybe get a visit? I think that was your only hope. Um, but what I know about Georgia is they have a big visit weekend on May 20th with a lot of high-value guys right. coming in. Dylan Raiola is expected to be there. Then he'll be back again in early June for his official, which is their other main recruiting weekend. Um, so I think – you know, there was a little strategy on getting his commitment now because of what's on tap for Georgia. But give Kirby Smart credit. I mean, they're 34-1 and one their last 35 games. They offered Dylan Riola first over everybody else as a freshman. And this was not a no-brainer freshman offer. This is a freshman that played JV football back in Burleson, Texas, that they saw at a camp. And Nebraska saw a week later they offered um, right after Georgia when they saw him in person. Uh, but Kirby Smart has been on the Dylan Riola train from day one, and he finishes it off, landing his commitment here this week. In some ways, it's incredibly predictable. I mean, and and I'll try to offer some level of interest intrigue to this discussion. It's really difficult. Um, it's kind of difficult to keep it interesting. The one thing that I, Dom said, Dominic Rayola, his father said to me after the commit, no. No, uh, this was in February when uh, this was in February. Remember, late February when they made an unofficial the Rayola family, mm-hmm. well, Dominic and his son Dylan made a unofficial visit to a Nebraska basketball game. They were here to visit Donovan during a dead period. And what what made the most meaningful comment that Dominic made to me in the I'll say the late stages of all this was, "I'm just glad we're in the hunt." Nebraska. And that just told me, okay, that's it. All the talk about, you know, there've got a lot of guys in the media market saying, "Hey, I think he's a silent to Nebraska." And remember, there was that Sunday where we we were halfway convinced he was going to commit to Nebraska. Like I pulled off the road and right. pulled my computer out. Right. But I and I remember telling you, "Well, Sean, I don't know what to tell you except Dominic just said, "I'm glad we're in the hunt." That doesn't sound like a commitment. And you know, I was a little I was a little annoyed at the time. Like, why is everybody saying he's committed? His dad just literally told me I'm glad Nebraska. It was Hayes. I mean, our, our Hayes Fawcett from On3 yeah. teased a, 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 an edit coming out. Right. So Nebraska was in the hunt. But I don't know how if they were ever in the lead. I, the only th- other thing I'd say is I think back on all this, Rob, is they were they visited they visited that camp, Georgia campus so many times unofficially. Mm-hmm. They went like, to the national championship game to watch Georgia. Well, I mean, I'm talking about two summers ago, they would always go for baseball stuff. So they would always go to Atlanta for baseball stuff for his younger son. Um, Dayton. 
Dayton, who's a great baseball player. Great. Well, Dylan, no, Dylan was and a Dylan great. Dylan was too. So they would always be doing baseball stuff, and they would always go into Athens. Always going. And Dominic would talk about, man, we just love going into Athens. We love Georgia. And I always was like, yeah, this, this, that's going to be tough to beat. That's all. I got. That's that's what I got to say about it. At what point for you guys did it become clear that Nebraska was was not going to be like they were they were out of it? Um, I, I mean, would maybe say not entirely out of it, but like you knew he wasn't coming here. After the March 25th weekend, where Nebraska had over 20 guys in with offers, it was extremely quiet with him after that visit. There were no interviews really given, no glowing okay. comments and quotes. Yeah, that's and then the and then there wasn't. I mean, that was a big weekend. That was about the time, yeah. And Sean, then, that is about it. And then April 22nd was the spring game. He didn't come for the spring game, and then he announced. One official visit to Georgia. That was it. Right at so, – so Sean and I are on the same page here. For me, it was right at the start of spring ball around that time. So that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I had heard some things not only – just heard some things within Nebraska's program that led me to believe that they were not – that it wasn't it, – like Robbie put it really well. I mean, you never say never in that situation, mm-hmm. but it felt like uh, this ain't mm-hmm. happening. Um, so – I never good. really felt – comfortable putting you know there are people that put these picks in for him at other don't know where that came and from. i just don't i never and you know one of those picks to nebraska led a firestorm of i I'd use another word but we're on a podcast right now I, you can cuss another on kind of storm we're, we're, we're carrying on radio affiliates so i gotta be careful <laughs> but it led to a lot of schools calling the riolas like thinking he was committing to i mean it was it almost was like misguided information i don't know i never got the feeling no. that they were like i said all I, I got to say about that is i never ever got the feeling that they were in the lead i never that nebraska was in the lead never and maybe only because of that that, that there was some there were some projections that way and i was like oh but but i never but i would always contrast that with what i was hearing from dominic and it never matched up mm-hmm. like i was like okay then but you never know in those things maybe you're you're just not getting the let, right information. Let right. me ask both of you guys right. this question. Um, if they don't keep his brother, Do- Dominic's brother, Donovan, on this coaching staff, are we even this far along? Does it even get to almost Memorial Day weekend yeah. with Dylan Riola? You, you think no Donovan Riola, they're still looking at yeah. Nebraska. Well, the, okay, one thing would never have happened. That dead visit, that dead period visit couldn't have happened. Right. True. Couldn't have happened. Correct. Could so not have happened. The Correct. pinnacle of his recruiting – Mm-hmm. A Pinnacle Bank Arena, where he gets up and gets a standing ovation, mm-hmm. trotted out on the floor. Was he trotted out on the floor by Trev, Trev Alberts, yeah. leading him through past the students, leading, leading him just to courtside seats that happen to be open. <laughs> I think the 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 part of this that is very real to me period. is part of this is, is very the part of this that is very real is Dominic Rayola loves Nebraska, and. That's why I say. That's why I answer. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think the Donovan matter would have altered it or would alter it that much at all. Don, Dominic loves it. Dominic would love for for his son to go here. The perception, if he picked, it's Nebraska. real. That is a real, genuine love. Now, I mean, if he would have picked Nebraska, I think there would have been a lot of shock nationally. I'll get out of our little bubble here. There'd have been a lot of people like, "Wow, this young man." What are you doing? Is, is willing do. to <laughs> is willing to risk it all to save his father's alma mater. Yeah, right. What What are you doing? Well, there... especially just compared to the schools that I mean, not just Georgia but USC, and yeah. just what from a football standpoint and a professional aspiration standpoint, what they're offering compared to what Nebraska has been doing of late, uh, it just didn't even seem in the same universe. No, to be quite that's honest, what I mean, that's, yeah. what, that's exactly what I'm saying. Now, I mean, so now the, the timing's group. not great. Mm-hmm. The timing's not great for Nebraska no. in this conversation. It's not. 34 and 1, right? 34 30, and 1. Offer number one. Kirby's leading the recruitment, which I guess people are saying. This entire simple. two deep has been drafted since the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not good timing. No. Nebraska's clearly in, in full rebuild now, right? Well, now can they get a quarterback? Mm-hmm. And not just a quarterback, a quality quarterback. And generally, year one of a head coach is when you go out and you try to get, you know, kind of your, you know, you, you do what Bill Callahan did. And I mean, I'm, I'm, this is a bad example, but you get Harrison Beck. Mm-hmm. You, they also got Zach Taylor, though, that year one, that full year one, not the 04 class, but the 05 class. We didn't class. know how, I mean, Harrison was a highly. He was a top quarterback recruit. in Florida, and then they paired him up with Zach Taylor. So Jeff Sims could be the Zach Taylor already for Matt Rule, 
but who's the high school guy? Daniel Kalen maybe would have come here. Um, you know, Dante Reno was Marcus Satterfield's guy at South Carolina. Uh, McClellan from Alabama doesn't have an offer. He could come. Can they get one of those guys? Or can you sit back and wait and maybe some coaching changes happen and some drama happens in college football where a pretty good quarterback all of a sudden becomes available? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Matt Rule is in a tough spot because they had to wait on Dylan Riley. I think just given that circumstance, your last option there of not taking a high school kid and just going through the portal, you can get a redshirt freshman four-year eligibility quarterback yep. that is going to be highly touted because yep. they will be available in the transfer portal. You can right. guarantee that there will be top-tier quarterbacks available in the portal. So I think that's maybe just considering the circumstances yep. – the best course going yeah, forward. Volatility works in your favor, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of volatility. All right, all right when we come back, uh, On3 came out with some post-spring Big Ten power rankings. We're going to discuss that. Where did Nebraska fall on that list? You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us you're listening to the husker online show your authority on nebraska athletics and we're back here on the husker online show sean callahan steve sipple robin washed as uh, guys i want to talk um just some big 10 post spring <laughs> power rankings uh on three came out uh with a, a list here today of just kind of ranking the conference where everybody kind of sits coming out of the spring. And it's interesting because, I I mean, look, let's face it. There are three teams that could win a national championship in this league right now, and I don't think anyone can argue that. Nope. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. All of those teams are going to be between 10-2 and 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 12-0. Somebody's going to have to be 10-2, and by the way, in that three. In that three. So somebody could be 12-0, one could be 11-1. So when you're talking a 12-team playoff year – that would be a year where all those teams make it. And you got USC coming in the league as well. But after that, I mean, I think it's a significant drop off. Thank you for saying that. When you get from three, oh, I don't even know if there's a four. And, I know. And, no. you know, I thought this was interesting. We'll talk more about Minnesota. But Minnesota plays Michigan. They play Ohio State and they play Michigan State. Mm-hmm. So Minnesota's crossover is tough. Iowa's crossover is tough. I mean, Purdue's. Everybody has Gosh. a tough. I mean, gosh. And Wisconsin, yeah, they brought in the SMU quarterback transfer. Um, that, Mordecai. That threw for all the yards there. It also looked horrible in the spring game. But Wisconsin last year, that was the most ordinary Wisconsin team that I've seen. And they're four? In my 12 years mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. And, and they're four in this ranking. Right. Yeah. Sean, 100%. That's a big drop from the top three. In fact, if I'm the commissioner – that makes it just makes me a little uneasy. Not a lot. I mean, it's not anything. It's all these things are cyclical, but that's a pretty big divide because Penn State is a bona fide national title contender that doesn't get enough attention in that regard. I mean, you still have three college football playoff contenders. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe compared to the SEC, but compared to everybody else, it's pretty oh, it's good. Spot. I'm and, talking you know, balanced though. Iowa's going to be Iowa. You know, they're going to be yeah. in that. Are they? Eight win range, yeah, they probably, are. you know, and with Wisconsin, who knows with them. But uh, I agree. The drop-off is significant. And then especially when you look at the West and the fact that, um, you know, you have those crossover games being what they are, you know, the team the teams that are projected to be towards the top of the division, they're going to have to go through a gauntlet, both in their conference and non-conference <laughs> schedules. So Nebraska, from a schedule standpoint, I mean, we'll see what hap- we're saying after week two, but uh, – Compared to other teams in their division, they're in a relatively decent spot, assuming they can get some of these questions answered. Yeah, uh, the I mean, you look at the West; like six and three might win it this year. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it, sure. And I think it won it, la- it, won it last won year. It last year, right. six and three, five and four. I mean, was Purdue five and four? Six. I mean, but well, they were six and six. Three. Six and three is going to win the West. I, I I don't think if you're seven and two, bank on it. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't know with you know with the crossovers involved anybody's going to be able to get seven um just because that four five six seven grouping and even nine and ten i mean i I think it's 
it's wide open. I mean, I, I think those six teams yeah, it's wide open. could beat anybody, could beat anyone. Like they, they could beat each other. It's wide open. Mm-hmm. It's cl- it'll be really close. The one that outside that realm, by the way, I wonder what Sparty fans think when they see Michigan State at eleven in Mel Tucker's third mm-hmm. year for nine million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he's close to ten. <laughs> Signed that deal, and it's been all downhill. Yeah, and then they and they, they they incurred those massive losses to the portal. Their starting quarterback, their starting receiver, and a starting corner. Um, All their best players off a bad team. Yeah. So, 11 Michigan State behind Nebraska. How can you put – I mean, I get it. Purdue was good last year. But how can you put Purdue even over Nebraska Hudson right Card. I mean, that, they, they brought in a quarterback, a real quarterback. With a young rookie head coach. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know – well, Robin knows their personnel very well. Yeah. So, they've been hit hard by the portal. They lost 22 players – to the portal they brought in 16 but you're talking about so hudson card is their guy they need him to be everything in that air raid offense under graham harrell uh if they if he misses any time there are serious concerns about their quarterback depth they got a walk-on and a true freshman as their two backups right now because their number two just followed jeff brom to louisville so um they lost their starting right tackle to the portal so i mean there's a lot of questions in that regard, too, especially with this shift, you know, Purdue is, is hanging their hat on defense now, or at least going to try to while running an air raid. Uh-huh. That usually doesn't go hand in no. hand, where you're a defensive minded team huh. throwing the ball around like you're Mike Leach. That is interesting. So I'm curious to see how that blends together. Those are two very conflicting strategies. I know Nebraska fans won't like to hear this, but I, I think Iowa was the team to beat in the West. I, I just think the addition of McNamara, Cade McNamara. Eric Hall. I mean, you got to remember Caleb Brown. Their quarterback play the last couple of years has been the worst it's been awful in a long time at Iowa. And that's gone now. And they've got a bona fide guy that's played in a college football playoff game and won a Big Ten championship. Mm-hmm. Cade McNamara. Now, Sean, it's true. They're He's a manager, though. It's true their quarterbacks were bad, but that wasn't the problem. I'm telling you. The problem was their offensive line. The mobility, the no, mobility no. of McNamara will help them. That will, but that offensive line was not even close to Iowa standards. Not even cl- they. In fact, if you go back and look, they weren't even running Iowa offense. They were run- they were just running whatever they could, junking it up, junking it up. I mean, it wasn't. It didn't look like Iowa. I mean, they weren't running just stretch right, stretch left. They're pounding at you, run and and then play action. They were trying different crap. Mm. And that's because it was, yeah, they weren't very good at quarterback, but their offensive line was as bad as it's been in in 10 years. Here's a straw poll question for you. If Maryland was in the West, Mm. could they they win the West? Yes, 100%. That's a good straw poll. Yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. I mean, that's good. You look at them as the fourth team in the East right now, but they easily could win the West. 100%. Because Tagovailoa is back, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're all right. They're all right. No, they wouldn't be my first pick. God, I got. I'm gonna. But say, they could go eight and four in the yeah, West. Yeah. If they didn't have that's to play those, if they didn't have to play the schedule they're playing right now, so that that's an interesting one to me is Maryland, because that's a dangerous fourth team. It is. And Nebraska mm-hmm. plays Maryland in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting to see Rutgers ahead of Indiana. Rutgers is really down. Um, Indiana's really down too, though. Yeah, and Tom, I mean, Al- think- Tom Allen. Could be in trouble. Really down, yeah. Think about Nebraska at Rutgers, how really poor down. they played on offense, and they, they won that game. Yeah. Add yeah. it to the list. I mean, just think Baffling about how ugly wounds. they played on offense. Yep. Nebraska in that game? Yeah. Their defense played great, but the way Nebraska came and played offensively for almost three quarters. Oh, yeah. I mean. That was rough. You're right. I mean, at halftime, we were out, you know, we were out there. And I was, and I, I think I said to you guys, we came all the way out here for this. I mean, did they, did Nebraska, did, had they scored by halftime? Wasn't it 14 13, the game? Yeah, the final. Was. Noah Vedral scored the, the final, but what was the, the score at halftime? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember. I think it was 13 nothing. I think they had, had, had yeah, a goose shut egg. Out. They had a goose egg, right. And it I was, was like, ugly. What are we doing out here? And then they, of course, they. Turned it around, won the game. Kudos. I mean, they were tough. Well, the defense forced those turnovers. And yeah. Noah Vedral. 13 nothing. 13 nothing at half. Right. So Noah Vedral in that game, you know, was hurt. And 
they were able to get him ready to play, but he couldn't go four quarters. Nope. And he he looked good for a quarter and a half, and then it was over after that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, God, that's just an awful game. <laughs> but Rutgers is—they lost a lot, and they're not—they're not good. The mm-hmm. highlight of the game was the Nissan Titan truck in the parking lot. Shout out to the the Titan. The T the Titan. Oh, do we want to relive that? <laughs> if you're not familiar with the story, do we want to relive that? I parked our vehicle. The game was at seven out there. Yes. We pulled up to the stadium at four. Yeah. And I accidentally left the truck running. And we come back to the car at two in the morning, let's call it. Yeah. It was it was I, I don't know what how many hours later. Ten no, hours ten later. Hours. And the and the truck was still running. Yeah, we we are we're walking in the dead of night. And we it's a pretty long walk to in the an truck. open field in New Jersey. Yeah. And I said, is that is that our truck? Because it's on. That might have been <laughs> that might have been the highlight of the game at Rutgers. It, it easily, was easily. The it highlight. was sort of remarkable how it it caused no problem. We got in the truck. I, I remember saying, "You to go, you, do not turn it off. Do not turn it off. Do not turn it off. Just go drive." <laughs> Get and, the engine going, and, and that was it. It was like it was like you meant to do it, and it only used a quarter <laughs> tank of gas sitting there yeah. that whole day. Yeah, Nissan Titans yeah. meant to idle for. I if gave, you are sponsoring our show, we've got a new sponsor. Let's welcome in Nissan Titan. Absolutely, that <laughs> was amazing. Now, think one other thing about that though. Think if that thing wouldn't have run, what the fix we were in. Yeah, so you called AAA one or two <laughs> in the morning, two in the morning in New Jersey, Piscataway. I'm sure New you Jersey. get great service. Yeah. <laughs> Could have gone wrong there. <laughs> I mean, if the Newark <laughs> airport was any preview of what AAA at 2 in the morning was going to be like, I mean, the Newark airport. We would have been sleeping in that wolf. truck. It would have been 7 a.m. The Newark airport service is so bad that they don't even, like, let you talk to humans. It's all computerized. Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Like, I haven't been that mad ordering food yeah. at an airport probably in my life like they've dressed it up they they try to make oh it, that's right they that make it bad. all like artsy fartsy and nice Robin. looking but yeah. you order on a computer yeah, yeah. and then people were just visibly yelling at each other in the background of the it restaurants really <laughs> yeah i do remember that now that I was threw wrong. away like a 30 dollar pizza because it was just mush it's awful I, I was so angry i I was trying to smooth it over, like, oh, it's not that bad. Then, but I was like, no, 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 you can't eat that. <laughs> you can't eat that. No, it was it was inedible. Luckily, the uh, bottled beers were nice and cool. Yeah, thank God. Good right. When we come back, we're going to talk more spring football. Sipple's got a good breakdown on Colorado. Yeah. Uh, the Buffaloes, by the way, are going to open on Fox against TCU. We're still awaiting word on when that Nebraska game in Boulder will be. We'll tell you about that next. You're listening to the Husker Line Show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washek, continuing some post-spring football discussion, opponent discussion. Uh, I mentioned Colorado. We now know Deion Sanders will play his first game on big noon kickoff on Fox um, against TCU on the road. So that's a Big 12 inventory game. What we don't know is the kickoff time for the Nebraska game in Boulder, which is a Pac-12 property. And if you've been following college football, and we'll get to this later in the discussion, there's a lot going on with Pac-12 and their media rights and in the future of that league going forward. So uh, hopefully we'll lo- lo- know in the coming days the early kickoff times. We're starting to learn some of them already um, around college football. And it's kind of cool, guys, to see CBS and NBC mm-hmm. – putting these big 10 these big 10 games on now so like they're a part of the lineup no more abc espn on the big 10 at all man that's a that's a that's a big adjustment yeah it is. so espn's are out of it and and that will be an adjustment for a lot of people okay. it was 11 a.m espn two games right no go no go that's a huge blow to espn i mean you think about what the big 10 11 a.m games were yeah at times over the years yeah 
<laughs> there was some some good nap material there. Some Purdue Northwesterns <laughs> there, though. Yeah, that was good. One uh, of my favorite Big Ten ones was Michigan State 2011. Kirk Cousins, and they came in, and they were good. They were, like, top ten. Yeah. And Carl Pelini and Bo put in that scheme where everybody was standing up. Yeah. And, mm. and, and Kirk Cousins didn't know it was coming. I mean, right. it was – and they just – God, you have a great memory. They just destroyed – I mean, that was, like, a game where everybody was fired up, and you were like, yeah! yeah. I mean, but a lot of 11 a.m. games, you just yep. kind of barely get to your seat. Yeah, that was a – that crowd was jacked up that day. You're mm-hmm. right. But anyway, win. let's get to Colorado. Uh, Nebraska back in Boulder for the first time since 2019 – Sip, you talked to Brian Howell, correct, yes. mm-hmm. from the Boulder Daily Camera, and about as big of an expert as you're going to find on Colorado football. What was his view on the Buffaloes? And give us an idea. How many players are they bringing in? All right. Uh, those are two separate questions. I'll, I'll deal with them individually. Um, he, first of all, Brian Howell's covered him forever. He's a 48-year-old beat writer for the Boulder Daily Camera, really plugged in. Now, he says the situation there isn't dire. It, that, it was fascinating talking to him for almost an hour and hearing this, this outlook on Colorado that is much different than I thought. I thought, oh, God, it's a freak show. How is he going to make this work? Well, what, this is what Howell said, Brian Howell, in terms of for these previews we do a win-loss expectation for the team in 2023. He said, I think the ceiling, this is Brian Howell, I think the ceiling for this team is a bowl game. You know, six to seven wins is the ceiling. If they're anything better than that, I'd be a little surprised. If they were worse than four and eight, I'd also be a little surprised. Well, does that sound familiar to you guys? That sounds like Nebraska, right? Mm -hmm. Might be a pretty good game, September 9th. I just don't know how you can say that, though, because you're talking (laughs) 50 new scholarship players. Is that about right? Yeah, Yeah, here's what he said. Okay, so the second part of your question, I asked him just how massive is this roster overhaul. And he said between freshmen and transfers, okay, scholarship players, between freshmen and transfers – there's going to be at least 50 guys out of the 85 scholarship players who will go through their first initial practice as buffs in August. That's crazy. <laughs> 50. That's crazy. So, Sean, I get what you're I, I get where you're coming from. You know, they're bringing in at least 30 to 40 transfers this offseason, which by the way, according to House, fine with Colorado fans. Mm-hmm. He said the fans are loving it. He said this team has, was so bad last year. Uh, It hasn't been relevant much in recent years. Everybody's excited because the last two years have been brutal. To put that in perspective, they lost games last year by an average of 29 points a game. That's by far the worst in the country. Mm. The next Power 5 team was Rutgers, 18. So, I mean, come on. It was – so you can see why inside that bubble – they look at it like, okay, bring it on. It can only get better. Right. The yeah. mentality. So, is. like long term, I get that. But as far as like what it means for the matchup versus Nebraska, that's a lot to try to build around. Starting in August with fifty players having their very first practice as Colorado Buffaloes together. Oh God, yeah. In order to get ready to go play TCU and yeah. then host Nebraska, which they're going through their transition, but they're in a lot more solid footing than Colorado is right, right now. So, yeah. year one, I don't know. Just to put the floor at four and eight. I don't know, man. It's going to be, <laughs> I don't know. you know, that day, as you guys know, it'll be jam-packed. Mm-hmm. That place will be jam-packed. With Nebraska fans, too. Right. Yeah, Howell thought a third, you know, like kind of like you'd expect. Um, so I saw that's the most expensive ticket in the nation right now. <laughs> it is going to be wild. Yeah. That'll be wild. It's like five or six hundred bucks for tickets. So where, where are they good? I mean, this is it was fascinating talking to Howell. He said... Well, first of all, Shadour Sanders is a pretty good quarterback and maybe a very good quarterback. He was very good. Shadour Sanders was very good at Jackson State. Completed 70% of his passes last year, 3,752 yards, 40 touchdowns, only six picks. That's a far cry. Jackson State, of course, is a far cry for the Power Five. But where they feel they're strong is a Sanders and wide receiver. They have... The top two receivers from South Florida's roster last year, the, the leading two receivers, um, Jimmy Horn being the one they're really excited about, he can fly. And then they, there's, there's a lot of intrigue with Travis Hunter, who is a corner. 
um, five-star recruit in high school, but he's also playing receiver. So they feel like they're they have speed at receiver and playmakers at receiver. Couple that with Shadur Sanders, and then they feel they're really good about their edge rushers. They brought in um, oh, they brought in a guy from uh, Arkansas that they really like. They just they just feel like that group. Who else do they have? Um, one second. Oh, maybe I don't have it. Oh, yes, I do. Here they here it is. Jordan Dominic's the kid from Arkansas who had seven and a half sacks at Arkansas last year, and then they bring in Derek McClendon, who was a twelve-game starter for Florida State last year. So they like they like that part. Seems to me, if you're in Nebraska, this is a game where you just power. You run the ball right at them because all these things yes. you're talking about, they're I perimeter, agree. they're yeah. skill. How's Nebraska going to win that game? Trenches. Strength and conditioning, too. Yeah. They're, they're going to have yeah. a sign- – I don't care what you say. There is no way they're going to have that team ready from a strength and conditioning standpoint if you push them to four quarters. Nope. Deion's going to play that, you saying that. I hope so. <laughs> I just made <laughs> a big meme of his face with that and it's quote. it's no knock on their talent. They're bringing in guys. I get it. Yeah. But just to get new guys already physically – right. Fed properly, nutrition right, adjusted to the altitude. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, Sean, I totally. I mean, do you, everyone remembers the first time they go to Colorado and that how out of breath you are. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't take a deep enough breath. Right. That's how I would describe it. Yeah. So no, you're. I I get it where you're coming from. It's so. Yeah, maybe how like we do is drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit. It's probably hard not to if you're in that bubble environment. I mean, yeah. You got the national spotlight on you. Everything is. You know, just love and praise and all that stuff, but I don't know, man. That's that's quite the undertaking to try to f- have a team go to a bowl game with that much Let's roster. Let's see what TCU turnover. does to them the week before. Yeah, I know <laughs> that that one could get ugly. Well, maybe. I mean, Brian Howell is a is is a very veteran reporter. I don't think he's prone to you know going overboard with assessments. So I was very intrigued by what he had to say. All right, uh, when we come back, we're going to bring in Abby Barmore. We're going to take your questions in the mailbag. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Let's welcome in the very popular Abby Barmore to the program She's YouTube famous. She's got her own following in the comments every week. Cult following. We get it's a lot of my parents. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't know more Abby Barmore, please. Well, Abby Barmore, welcome back. Let's do some mailbag talk. All right, here we go. What are the most intriguing position battles that you're watching during fall camp? I think for me on offense, running back jumps out to me just how it's going to shake out. Is it truly Anthony Grant? Is it Gabe Irvin, who was the 2021 starter? Or even Ramir Johnson. Like, what what will that look like with that group? And then on defense, I'm really intrigued at linebacker. John Bullock, has he done enough to maybe win a job? Where's Nick Henrich at in the discussion coming off a major knee injury? Coming off a major knee injury in a different style of defense that asks different things from its middle linebackers, where speed is now more of an emphasis than ever. You know, I no knock on Nick. I just don't know if that's his strength, no, especially compared to an athlete like John Bullock. And when you have Matt Rule going on the radio and saying that John Bullock has NFL potential, that catches your attention. And for me, that changed that entire conversation where you pair that with MJ Sherman looking like a team captain coming out of spring ball, and now the rise of John Bullock, that inside linebacker position could look a lot different this fall. Yeah, or they could just have a nice rotation, you know. They're going to play a lot of guys. Yeah, and... I think Henrich is he'll 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 be part of this. Will he be a starter? I don't know. And you're right. The speed element is mm-hmm. the thing to watch. With I mean, Henrich has been hurt a lot, mm-hmm. and what coaches would tell you, you know, off the record is a lot of it's because he's a little undersized, not that fast, so he has to strain a lot. There's a lot of strain. Uh, everything he does ha- ha- is pretty difficult, and that that. That can lead to injuries. And he plays so many snaps. That too. He's been on the field a lot the last two years. Win, win healthy. Reimer's undersized as well, but he is fast. Mm. You don't question his speed. All right. Which incoming freshman position group will provide the biggest impact, and which position group needs their freshman to make the biggest impact? You know this one. It's the rushers. 
Prince Will and and yeah. the kid from yeah out east. I mean, there's potential starters. Help me in out with Sean, the kid out east, Cam Linhart. Cam Linhart. Yeah. I mean, then even Maverick Noonan. Yeah, mainly Prince. Noonan's going to play though. Yeah, mainly Prince Well and Cam Linhart. Cam Linhart. They could be potential black shirts. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't no, know. That's a good question. True freshman in that spot. It's a two-sided conversation right, right there. See, you got to do this thing where you get out of the bubble. Don't don't say, oh, this is what they looked like in the spring yeah. game. If you were a Think, Colorado writer calling a Nebraska writer about spring ball, and you're talking about two true freshmen potentially starting at the edge. In the Big Ten against the tackles like, that you oh see. <laughs> against the tackles you see in this league. Yeah. I mean, that that those are grown men. And they're they're usually really good. Yeah. These guys are good, but they're not like Boses. You know, they're not going to come in and be like five star, hit the ground running, freshman All American. Right. Like could be, but you don't project that right now. But I think they are going to be impact impacting oh, guys. Yeah. They look great this spring. Oh, wide receiver too, probably. I mean, I know Maybe they got some one guy could come out. Of yeah, that but just given the the volume of that freshman class, the odds would suggest one of them could work their way into the rotation the especially, receivers especially if some of those veteran guys for whatever reason you know don't pan out i mean i gotta think that would be malachi coleman or jay they Jayden seem Doss. like the front runners yeah what do you got next how do you see the husker softball team doing in stillwater this weekend tough draw um they're zero four against wichita state and oklahoma state and as you know oklahoma state you know they're one of the top programs in the country um i covered softball many years ago i covered the team that went to the College World Series. What year was that? It would have been 2002. Is that the Peaches James? Yeah, Amanda Buckles was a good player on that team. Um, I mean, I, I, there were some good players. I mean, Jennifer Lozama was a good player for Ronda Ravel back then. They, they were a powerhouse. I mean, they were a top 15 type team. And those, I covered really two full. I did play by play for, I was like Nate Rohr before Nate Rohr. There you go. KRNU. The student radio was the affiliate for softball. The radio network wasn't carrying the games. And so I, I would do a lot of games. I'll be darn. Funny story calling softball games. Um, my play-by-play, this is typical for like student radio. The guy I was supposed to do the game with didn't didn't show up. No show. And so I told, I was at the Daily Nebraskan, and Sam McEwen was with me working as a sports editor. Told them what happened, and Sam just says, I'll call it with you. So Sam, Sam and I call the a softball game. That is, that is unbelievable. It, it was a great, and it was a great call. I'm like, I'm not just, it was, a, I'll, I'll bet it was like, I'm not kidding. I'll it was a it. great call. Yeah. Like we, we had a lot of fun doing it. I'm sure Sam remembers it too. That's fascinating, Sean. It's a good story. Thank you. What do you got next, Abby? Which big 10 West team gained the most from the transfer portal and who lost the most? Uh, Ooh, that's a tough Iowa gained the most. I mean, you got, what about Wisconsin? Yeah. Well, go Iowa first, Rob. Well, McNamara, first and foremost, and then the tight end and the Eric receiver. Hall. Yeah. And so, I mean, they got, in theory, three important starters on offense. When you pair that with everything that they would – you expect their defense to be good, you expect your special teams to be as good as any of the country, their offense can be just good enough. Iowa's the clear favorite in the West. So I think just with, with the additions they needed to make, they did it. They checked it almost every box. I think Wisconsin, though, with what they added under Luke Fickle, it was a pretty impressive haul. I mean, it's going to be a different-looking team. But they had to, they had. given the total identity shift that they and did. Guys, yeah. Nebraska got five starters. Maybe yeah, Nebraska's in that conversation, too. Billy Kemp, Jeff Sims. I mean, you could argue MJ Sherman. Sherman's going to be a starter. That you, you can That's look three. Who are the other two? Um, now I'm blanking on the names. I shared them in the chats. MJ Sherman, Billy Kemp. Um one of the tight end. I mean, you could argue the tight end could be a starter. Perhaps Eric Eric Gilbert. Oh, Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ben Scott. Ben Scott. Ben Scott. Yeah, ben Scott. Yeah. So you got three on offense, <laughs> and then Elijah Judy on defense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Elijah Judy's Judy, going to start. Like, if not start, play. Oh, he'll start. He looked good in the spring game. I like that. I liked what Judy looked. And now like. we know. I mean, it, there there were some impacts why um, Stefan Wynn left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he, he was down to probably five to ten snaps a game is what you're looking at with Stephon Wynn. Yeah, Judy came in and established himself. He looked better than Wynn to me. Mm-hmm. Moved better, more active, more athletic. Um, and that's hence Wynn's departure, I think. All right, what do you got next? 
All right, we've had a lot of questions about this one. So what is the latest on Arik Gilbert's waiver? Have you guys had heard anything? It, it, I feel like anytime you bring it up with Matt Rule, it's almost like a non-starter. It's just like, nope. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah. update. Like, Which is what he said in his last radio appearance and, uh, on the Husker Sports Network last oh, week. Last week. Yeah, he they were asked specifically about it. He said no update. And that was that was the update, was that there was no update. So to be determined. That's it. So that's what we got. What do you got next, Abby? Are we ready for our last one yet? Um, it's, a to- it's a talker. Okay, yeah, final question. Okay. We better give it some time. <laughs> yeah. Top three places you would want to see a college football mm. game that you have not been to yet. Mm. Well, and to be fair, Robin and I have been, in Simple, have been to every Big Ten and every Big 12 stadium. Mm-hmm. And we've been to... A lot of pac Twelve, A lot of pac Twelves already. And we've been to only to three ACCs, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, Miami, and Miami right? So we, we've... Sure. And we've been to Notre Dame. So, like, we've... I have not, which is... So they would be in my top three. I think just going to Alabama and Florida... Those LSU at night, yeah. I mean, so you get concentrate on the SEC. Basically, I haven't been to any SEC venue, so just pick one. Nebraska hasn't played SEC non-conference games since like the '80s, right? There was a little run where they would play like South Carolina and Auburn. You know, they had not they had Florida State for a little while in the '80s, Mm -hmm. back when your non-conference schedule was like all Power Five teams. Yeah, where would you want to go? I mean. Besides the obvious ones, like LSU's obvious, I'd want to go there. Yeah. I'd want to go between the hedges. I'd love to see between the hedges live, mm-hmm. what that looks like. Um, and what then, about it, like at an Army or Navy? Yeah. Seeing Nebraska Robin play. had that in his, in his answer today in the chat, mm-hmm. and I get that. I wouldn't want to go because of the weather. I, I just want to be in warmth. So, so, so. I just want to go to El Paso. I'd go to Tucson, for instance. I'd, I'd be interested. Well, to going go. to Tucson. Hey, Tennessee's up there for me. I'm going to Tucson. Nebraska plays in Tucson down the road. Oh, what God. Year? Do you know what year? That's right. They do. You're right. Yeah, it's coming up in the next four or five years. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. I've never been to Tucson. So you'll be working for me still then. I hope so. Um, <laughs> God will. I'll make, a, I'll make a Mexican restaurant reservation right now. <laughs> yeah. Come challenge him. He'll do it. Four years <laughs> out. 2027. He's got three As long as you promise not to order the top shelf margarita. <laughs> yeah. We were in Indianapolis. No, I'm like, I'll get you a drink. And yeah. he orders a $25 margarita. I get, the, like, I get the $28 Mezcal smoky margarita. <laughs> It was like twenty five dollars. I'm like, what are you? Was it worth it? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> Tucson would be a good place to go. Uh, so they play in Lincoln in twenty eight, and I believe it's supposed to probably twenty nine. Oh yeah, we'll there. be working. Twenty eight. Yeah, we'll be. We'll be Tennessee. Thriving. We got Tennessee, and the game I'm really intrigued in is Cincinnati. Yeah. In twenty twenty five, Nebraska's supposed to go there, but mm-hmm. the game that was in Lincoln. The 2020 game got canceled, the COVID. Okay. So, to me, it's like a window to move that game to neutral site. Oh, yeah, and you're saying Vegas. Vegas. But now with Matt Rule, maybe he'll want to play a game in Dallas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Houston. Yeah. So, just for a correction, the, the Arizona game in Tucson is 2031. You're going to have to hold on for That's a couple more years. I got one. It's Jiminy Christmas. God. When you put it that Can way. You imagine? Yeah. Just hold we'll in be, there. We will be here. But we'll be on a spaceship. But we'll be here. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. We'll, we'll Abby, where do you want to go? Well, I yeah, where do you want to go? I haven't been a ton of places, so I would love to see the Penn State whiteout game. Yeah. That would oh, be awesome. Yeah. Um, Ohio State and Michigan in either place. Okay. Um, and also fun. just the Rose Bowl. It's yeah. a classic. Oh God, yeah. Rose Bowl was a real deal. Yeah, Rose Bowl. You probably that would probably maybe should top your list actually. Going I'll to the old up. Cotton Bowl Stadium. You like that, don't you? That was cool, wasn't it? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was. Just no the doubt. nostalgia, the, the history. Nostalgia. Seeing yeah. just the fair was there. Yeah. I mean, you know, just, they had the fair going. It was like a nine in the morning kickoff, but yeah. I mean. No, that was, you're right. That was pretty cool, actually. It was. God, it seems like a long time ago, though. 06. Oh, that was a long time ago. I mean, yes, it was 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I went to a Cowboys game and a Suns-Mavericks game on that trip. It was all covered by the Cotton Bowl. One of the best really? bowl games ever. And my dad went with me, and he went with me to those games, and he went to the NHL hockey game, too. I, I mean, they like the media gets like just VIP treatment. Stretch limo car service from the media hotel to the Cowboys game. That drops you off right in front of your gate. That's amazing. 
I it remember was so that. over the top for a bunch of just like sloppy sports writers yeah. showing up pulling out. Of <laughs> what I remember was the media day, how great it was for the bowl game. Like they just had all hundred players from Nebraska or whatever it was in their jerseys. Yeah, it was like Super Bowl media, and they're day. like. You got an hour, guys. Just go out here. And, I mean, it was like just going on a hunting trip, and the birds were just laying out everywhere. <laughs> analogy. I mean, there was. And that was like, a good metaphor. Whoa, whoa. A, I mean, and a like, non-dating at, analogy. At that time, like, freshmen were off limits, but not at Cotton Bowl Media Day. I right. Mean, like, you, you could just go up to anyone you wanted. Right. I remember and, that. And just, I don't know, that, that was a fun bowl game for me. And now it's in the, Cal- the new Cowboys Stadium, which is obviously awesome, too. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just nice to hear – you talk about bowl games. I, I mean, we, it's got to happen again here. You see the early projection. You used to probably say this is the Vegas Bowl. So, like, that, uh, I think it was yeah. Brett McMurphy. Brett McMurphy of the Action Network. Action Paired, Network. Paired Nebraska against Utah. Which which the line would be uh, 11. Nebraska plus 11. Yeah. Utah by 11, whatever. Yeah. It'd be, whatever. Yeah. Let's go to Vegas for a week. Uh, that, that wouldn't be bad. <laughs> we figure out how to cover that game, guys. Yeah, we <laughs> we would find a way. All right. Make it happen. Um, when we come back, we're going to close the show, talk a little basketball um, and some other topics. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, Robin Washett, um, talking Nebraska basketball because Fred Hoiberg is still mixing up that drink. He's still trying to get things situated um, by the way, Robin, I saw kind of a, a metric, matrix, whatever, over-under kind of metric. deal that has Nebraska maybe at, right now today being a 10-10 team in the Big Ten. Which would be very good with that non-conference schedule. I mean, that's you're well over 500 at that point. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen, if, you know, with the Big Ten schedule, they don't need to have a top 10 strength of schedule ranking every year, which they've been doing far too often. So mm-hmm. they've scheduled a lot more sensibly um the the full schedule isn't out yet but we know a good chunk of it and really outside of creighton kansas state and then now oregon state up in sioux falls like that that might be it for high major games that's enough i know that's what i'm saying so i mean you got two top preseason top 25 teams there plus another uh high major yeah and then you just pad some some wins at home with the 20 game big 10 slate it's enough if they go 10 and 10 in the league hey we're talking about bubble right yeah and I mean, I've said it. I've said it a few times. I like the roster he's put together because of the the amount of shooters, guys mm-hmm. who can put the ball in the basket yeah, and guys, guys shoot the way that they're supposed to. Yeah, they. But if they do that, they take pressure off Casey. I don't know if that's Fred's intention, but that's what it looks like to me. Well, they can't just continue to run it all through Casey, right? They don't Especially have to. now that he's going to be number one on everybody's scouting report. Don't have to. So yeah, I mean, they've surrounded him with a bunch of. Shooters, you got another big man that can facilitate on the high post and rink mass. So it's right now a pretty complete picture with that roster. They do have two open scholarships, Sean, like you mentioned. So they're still trying to fill those. Um, but it doesn't seem like they're stressing to 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 fill it. Like right. they're they're being very picky with how they're going about those two open spots. And so the the immediate question is, well, who are they gonna go after? Well, the one name that we know is <coughs> Emily Yalaho. From Finland, six foot eight, two hundred thirty pound, unsigned two thousand twenty three recruit uh, out of Western Reserve Academy in Hudson, Ohio. Coincidentally, the same high school as uh, uh, well, I can't think of his name right now. Big kid, Oleg Koyanets. Thank you. Uh, Good job. So you know, that's that's a connection there. Uh, he just took an official visit uh, this past weekend. By all reports, you know, he said it went pretty well. Uh, he really liked the staff there. So, you know, man, a few At words. Texas Tech. Yeah, and then the next day, he heads down to Texas Tech. So right now, it would appear to be a two-horse race there, unless okay. he schedules another visit. Um, he's got to hurry up and make a decision pretty soon, because for 2023 recruits, the spring signing period, I think, ends this week. So we should probably hear something on that relatively soon. If they get him, then he's kind of that perfect fit for a replacement for Wilhelm Breidenbach, where he's a younger foreman that they can develop. He's not going to need to come in and play extensive minutes right away. He can give you good depth, but kind of a, one of those guys where you know you got a lot of veterans in that front court with Alec, Gary, Mast, that are only going to be here for another year or two. Having a younger guy that you can kind of develop to be that that next player up. Uh, I think would be a lot of value. So um, I think that's the direction they go with one of those spots, whether it's Yalaho or somebody else. 
And then for that other spot, I think they're still going to try to get another guard, um, another ball handler. Mm-hmm. If And ideally, you know, I've, I, this is just my opinion. If they can get somebody out of the portal that's better than Aaron Euless, I think that would be the, the picture-perfect a scenario. Guard. A point guard. A guy that can come in and be your lead guard. Now, I don't know any names or how likely that is, but I think if, if they could get that type of player where Euless is your number two, mm-hmm. then, then I think they're going to be feeling really good. But It's interesting. But... If they don't, I think they're very content having Euless be their primary leader. I wonder, yeah, I wonder what Euless would say to this conversation. Um, would he have come here if he thought, okay, well, I might be their number two, actually? Yeah, you would hope they'd be honest with him, though. Yeah. I mean, and again, like with the way that they play, it's like there's not just one point guard spot, you know? So, I mean, like right. he can play off the ball, he can play on the ball. So, Again, that that's just me. That, like I'm not saying this is like Fred's master plan, but like if they can upgrade that, because just talking with people from Iowa, you know, there's questions about Euless just with his consistency. Sure, um, you know, he he's not the the star power guy like a Kirk Creaser or anything like that. So I think if they could balance out somebody with a little more offense with Euless, okay, that would be the, like a, a more scoring lead guard. So you can have your perimeter defense, pace controller, facilitator, and Euless. And then the guy that can go get you a bucket uh, and facilitate, you know, similar to a Verge type okay. guy. Not Verge, but Verge, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> people people don't like it when I mention that name. I don't know. I've, I've <laughs> I always it was been, pretty good. I've always Late season Verge. How about the, that? Yes, Not early you. season Verge. Late season Verge. I, because what what's burned in my memory is the late season Verge who was Yeah, him against was Wisconsin. Fabulous. Just cooking Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, unguardable. Ohio State. Yeah. 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 Verge came on that season. I give him that. Shooters. Jamarcus Lawrence can shoot the lights out. Williams. Williams can shoot the lights out. Mass is a good yeah, shooter. Yeah, Wiltshire back. Yeah, Wiltshire can shoot it when, he's get, when he gets Yeah, when going. he's hot, he can yeah. shoot it. He's got a beautiful shot. He should be more consistent. He's got a beautiful-looking shot. I don't know why he's not more consistent. Juwan Gary can Gary's all be right. a threat. He yeah. can be a threat. They got scores, which that's what I like. That's I mean, that's Rink Mass can shoot the three. Mass can shoot it. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Guys, as we wrap it up, I, I want to also hit on just some of the conference realignment talk because that continues to drive things. And I know it feels like every summer we talk about this, um, but it is getting real. I thought Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated had a great story this week. He did. Um, kind of just sizing everything up. It's Everyone's kind of in their, their tents right now getting ready for, for battle, you know, and Everyone's Not everybody. Got, they, well, the, the three leagues. Right. And yeah. the, you got the Pac-12 waiting on their media rights deal and, <clears throat> and what that's going to do. You've got the Big 12 trying to convince Pac-12 members to join them. And you've got seven ACC teams that have kind of tried to break away from the league, potentially, to see if they can get out, get out of this grant of rights agreement that holds them hostage to the ACC and even ESPN, for that matter, until 2036. Correct. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a few issues that are, I mean, broad issues that the leaders of the co- of collegiate sports have to consider. This is a big one. How do the Big Twelve, Pac twelve, and ACC keep up competitively while generating millions of dollars less than the SEC and the Big Ten? How do you, now? And we're talking a gap of thirty million dollars per team. That's the problem. That's why Florida State is making a lot of noise in the ACC saying we, we can't be a college football power in this scenario. If we're if we're bringing in annually 30 million dollars less mm-hmm. than Ohio State, how do we keep up? Or Florida. Yeah. You know, I right. mean, look at their or own your state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your neighbors. Yeah, so that's that the Notre Dame athletic director's name is Jack Swarbrick. He said the next the big next issue is can we keep the perception of college athletics as involve, involving all of us or does the Big 10 and SEC become college athletics in terms of popular perception and if they do how does that influence the shape or how does that influence the shape of college athletics in the future i mean the Big 10 and SEC are sitting in a great spot in, I mean, in their own situations, but they have to consider the big picture. Mm-hmm. What is is this good for college athletics? This this gap, I'd say no. The greed though is there. Well, of course it is. I mean, I, yeah. is I there, mean, you're right. Is there any turning back at this point? It, 
Somebody's got to get it under control. How? This is why I don't, Sean, I, I read that article and the thing that occurs to you is if you're a fan of college athletics right now as it is, college football as it is, you don't want the Pac-12 to dissolve because that means tidal wave of change. Yeah. You would like to see the Pac-12 stay together, Ten th- these 10 teams stay together because if they don't, the tidal wave's coming, and you don't know what that's going to look like. Um, now, there's also a school of thought that maybe they'll stay together with this next media rights deal, but they'll be dead man walking four or five years, and then it'll blow up. Just a Band-Aid. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, w- I continually wish in almost all aspects of my life it was still 1985. But the money is never going to get there for these other <laughs> leagues. Like that gap is gonna be there no matter what. Yeah. What? No. That that financial gap is not going away no matter what you do. And there's teams that know oh, that know. they have the value of these teams and these leagues, the SEC and the Big Ten. Yeah. And they wanna be up there. Uh-huh. And you can't have them compete when they're getting thirty million dollars less a year over ten years. I know, but like Swarbrick said. Is this what you want college athletics to be, just the SEC and the Big Ten? Well, it's already come, That's what I'm it's already like, gone that way. Like how, well, how, how do you reverse course now? I don't know. Like if this was such a concern, you should have done something about it a long time well, ago before no, you let it get to this point. There's no oh, – the NCAA has no power over this. No, yeah. this, is not, this is not an NCAA matter that you can point at the NCAA and say, how would you let it be? No, it's not that. So who's in control? The TV networks? Media. Yeah. Media. And so are they going to do what's best for college football? No. They're going to do what's going to make them the most money. Right. And this goes back <laughs> to the history of college football where the bowl games controlled the championships, Absolutely. which never allowed the NCAA to control the championship. Oh, boy. Like March Madness, like the College World Series, like the FCS playoffs in Frisco, Texas. The NCAA controls those events. They don't control any of this, mm-hmm. which has led to this. Well, we have these conversations about how we'd like to see Nebraska play these non-conference games against – you want them to be formidable, right, on one breath, but then the next breath you say, oh, it's, there's just no way they can, it can be that way. Well, come on. I mean, I want college football to have a range of teams that are competitive with each other, not just two conferences and then the rest. Where the I, money's is silly. Right. Where, like, if you have a good assistant coach or a good player – SEC and Big Ten teams are going to be able to buy your coach right. or your player. Is that healthy? It's you, not healthy, but you can't stop it. How do you stop yeah, That's it? more my – like, I, I'm with you. Like, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to – especially college football. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the way it was in the 90s, I think, was the pinnacle of the sport. And when the BCS computers started getting involved and all that sort of thing, it's just kind of been this natural progression where it's not the same sport anymore. It's a different game. It is. It's, it's different leagues. The landscape is unrecognizable compared to where it was 30 years ago. I don't know if it's too much to ask these conference commissioners to say Pac-12 will stay together and we'll figure this out. Do you just want the Pac-12 to dissolve? The presidents I don't care no. about their money, though. I know. It's about survival for, I think, a lot of those schools where they're trying to get on the boat. Mm-hmm. You know, They're trying to get on the lifeboat. And there's only... X amount of spots. It's not a charity. Yeah. No, I know. I know. I understand that. And there's schools that don't put it nearly the amount of resources into their programs that are supposed to be on the same like footing. Washington State and Oregon State are in trouble. Yeah, like Cal compared to Oregon State USC. In Oregon State just won 10 games. I know, but the long-term financial viability of their conference future is in trouble. Yeah. Yep, I because they're not attractive no. to the Big We're 12. We're talking about streaming games now. I mean, I mean they're going to be in the Mountain West. If, if all this happens, the Mountain West will get some of those teams. But the the Pac-12 would like to add San Diego State and in, maybe SMU. And SMU. But does that do anything? No. Might keep them together. But in the only the only carrot is like, hey, we would keep a bid to the playoff. Right. We get one team in every year. This is contingent on them working – toward a media rights deal that is sustainable and not just like how much of it is streaming. If, They're talking about streaming. It's like, come on, what are we doing? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be viable. I think that's what I and, and, they're, they're doing exclusive streaming NFL playoff games. On so Peacock. Maybe, maybe they're doing some maybe forward some thinking here. Okay, that could be. I'll get, I hope you're right. But if Washington and Oregon get an opportunity to go to the Big Ten, even at a reduced rate of, say, 70%, they're going. Okay, now this is where I say, isn't there – 
aren't there any leaders? I know I'm, I sound like a quack right now, but <laughs> aren't there any leaders that would say, no, we're not going to do this. Keep the Pac-12 together. We don't – Big Ten, we don't need to take Oregon and Washington. I mean, it'd be, it'd be like a situation it. where you were offered like just – like, okay, PGA and Live Golf. Just being offered silly money to leave the PGA to go play Live. You're, well, I'd you're, say you're Live being, Golf isn't healthy. It's not a great example. Well, this, well, I'm just saying, like, you're saying, yeah, I'm going to make 300000 a year in the PGA when Live is offering me right. $5 million a year. Right. But look what it's done to the sport. Mm-hmm. It's not been all. It's not been necessarily good for the sport of golf, right? To split all that up, to split the talent over this league where nobody follows it. They're playing in short pants with music going. Um, it's not on TV. It's on TV. It's on a. It's on a, a network that's not very prominent. It's on. But, you must get it at your house. Yeah, but I. Um, yeah, I do. And but, but <laughs> that's not a good example because because golf is a bit of a turnoff now for people. Do you want college football to be a turnoff for people? Yeah, I mean, I just I, unless I you're unless you exist in the SEC and the Big Ten, I think that's just the way it's. We're so far down the road. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think there's think right. this world of turning back and changing everything. It's I think we're past that point. All right, on that depressing note. <laughs> Like um, it or love it. It's or two straight it. two straight weeks where we've ended on a depressing note. On that note, <laughs> um, make sure you're on Husker Online. Sport is Full coverage him. of Nebraska baseball at Purdue. They're going to Omaha, baby, hey, to the Big Ten tournament. That's a positive. That's Let's and go. So next week we'll talk about Omaha for Will Bolt Nebraska baseball. If you're not a member of Husker Online, check us out. Six months right now for twenty nine ninety nine. Like, follow, subscribe to us here. Not only on YouTube, but anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, Make sure you check us out at HuskerOnline.com. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.